Today I want to talk to you from this thought. Checkmate. Checkmate. When I was a junior in college, I had a crush on a girl. I liked her, and I didn't know if she was paying attention to me, and I knew I was going to get her attention. So I started flirting with her. I tried to get her attention, you know. You know how you get them eyes, you know, get them eyes. I was saying, you know, I was flirting with her, you know. What's up, girl? Holla at you, boy. <laughs> and I worked up the nerve to ask her out my junior year. And I asked this girl out. I asked this, 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 this young lady out, and, and she told me no. I went back to my dorm room. I was upset. I was mad. I was a little angry. And how many know how you try to encourage yourself? You know what I'm talking about? You start saying stuff like this. She don't know what she's missing out on. She don't know. Telling me no. What is wrong with her? I'll show her. And now 18 years later, I'm glad that girl told me no. Uh, I'd have never married the barbecue sauce on my ribs. I'd have never married the jelly on my toast. Come on, the butter on my popcorn, the gravy on my biscuits. I would have never married the hot sauce on my chitlins. I would have never married Tiffany. Girl, I'm glad you told me no. It's been a good 16 years. Those two letters, none of us like hearing the word no. Whether you are three years old or whether you're 90 years old, you don't like to hear the words no. No, you didn't make the sports team. No, you didn't get the scholarship. No, you're not going on the date. No, you didn't get the job. No, you didn't get the promotion. No, you don't qualify for the home. No, you can't get that car. Your wife says, no, not tonight. I got a headache. Girl, you told me that last night. None of us like to hear the words, no. When we hear no, we can feel, we can feel helpless. We can feel powerless. We can feel hopeless. We can even feel trapped. You know, life is a lot like a chess game. When I was in Rochester, New York, years ago, visiting family, my uncle taught me how to play chess. And life is a lot like chess. You make a lot of moves in life like chess. And in chess, you never want to hear the words, checkmate, because when you hear that, that means you have no more moves. That means your king can't move anywhere else. You're hopeless, you're helpless, you're powerless, checkmate. No, you can't move anywhere. And in life, we're always moving, and, and we make some good moves, and, and then we can make some, some bad moves, and, and things don't go like we want them to go. And life, you're always moving in life. And some moves are good, some moves are, are bad. And the interesting thing about life is we all experience a checkmate. We all experience a no in life. 
And I want you to know something, People's Church, Midwest City, those joining us online. Whenever you experience a checkmate, I want you to know that you are in good company. Because even Jesus experienced checkmate. Jesus experienced no. And I want us to look at that today, and I want us to study that today. In Matthew chapter number 26, beginning in verse number 36, I want you to see Jesus being told no. The Bible says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Notice his prayer. My father... If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And Jesus is realizing his fate. He's realizing he's getting ready to have to go to the cross and have to die for our sins. And it's called the crucifixion because it was excruciating. And he knew he was going to suffer, bleed, die, be beaten on that cross. And Jesus begins to pray. He begins to cry out, Daddy, help me. Spare me. Is there any other way? I don't want to go to that cross and die. And God the Father gave no response. Silence. Jesus went back a second time. He went back a third time in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed the same thing. Father, like sweats, sweat falling down his brow like drops of blood. He's in such anguish and turmoil, and he's crying out, Father, is there any other way? I don't want to go to the cross. Is there any other way for you to, to, to take care of the sins of humanity? Is there any other way? I don't want to do it. And God was silent, and his silence was a no. Son, you have to go to the cross. And even on the cross, Jesus calls out to his father and experiences no. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 27, the next chapter, in verse number 46, it says about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabatani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Friends, Jesus was deserted by friends. He was tortured by enemies, and now he's abandoned by his heavenly father at the darkest, most trying, most difficult moment of of his life his father said no you got to go through with this on the cross why would God the father tell his son Jesus no today I want to give you three reasons why God said no number one is this God said no to Jesus because he loves you he loves you I don't want you to miss this God's no to Jesus was a yes to humanity. His no to Jesus was a yes to you and I. You see, John chapter 3 and verse 16 says it like this. For God so loved. I want everybody, both locations, joining me online, everybody shout, so loved. loved. Yeah, that's God. So loved. How many of you have some people that you kind of love? Huh? How many of you got some relatives may even be in church with you today? You kind of love. Come on, wink at me. Don't, don't raise your hand now. Wink at me. <laughs> that, that's not your heavenly father. 
God doesn't kind of love us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's no to Jesus was an act of love. It was love, it showed his love and displayed his love towards you and I. God loves us so much. He loves you. He loves me that he gave his one and only son that so that we could be saved from our sins. You see, in life we're always making moves and sometimes it doesn't work out and we experience loss and we can kind of begin to think, does God love me? And I want you to know, God loves you. But pastor, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know the kind of moves I've been making that hadn't been very good. I want you to know that God loves you. He said, Pastor, are you sure? Because I'm addicted. I'm, I'm strung out. Things are not going very well in my life. And I'm actually here on Easter because it's Easter. But, you know, the way that I'm living, it's, it's not good. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. See, Jesus loves you just like you are. He won't love you any more than he loves you right now. He won't love you any less or any more, no matter, about, no, no matter the performance that you do in life, no matter how you perform, no matter how you act, no matter the moves that you make, God loves you. You see, Jesus came, and God said no to Jesus, and he came because God so, so loves you. There's a second reason I want you to see. Why did God say no to Jesus in the garden on the cross? Number two is this. God said no to Jesus to forgive us of all of our sins. You see, God's no to Jesus was a yes to humanity. And in the garden, Jesus asked his father this question. Let the cup pass from me. Let the cup be taken away from me. And the cup represented the sins of all mankind. That's what that cup represented. Your sins and my sins, you see, all of us have sinned. The scripture says it like this in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. It says, for all have sinned. Come on, both locations, online. Come on, everybody say it with me, all. I had you say that so you don't try to exempt yourself. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. We have all blown it. And our sin separates us from God. You see, the penalty of sin had to be paid for so that we could experience forgiveness and be brought back to our heavenly Father. The scripture says it like this in Romans 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin, the wage. The wages of sin, that, wage, that word wage talking about the penalty, the price, the consequence, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God said no to Jesus so that he could solve a major problem for humanity. You see, the problem was the wages of sin, and God knew that he had to deal with this, this wage of sin. There had to be a price. There had to be a penalty because of the wage of sin, and the wage of sin is death. Death. That's why people die, death. 
the, it's the wages of sin. It's the price of sin. It's death. The Bible says it's appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. You see, if Jesus doesn't come back in the next 100, in the next 120 years, you and I won't be here in this life. We will have died. It's the wages of sin, physical death. But not just physical death. When the Bible talks about the wages of sin is death, not just physical death, but eternal death. You see, the wages of sin is not only physical death, but it is separation from God for all of eternity. And God gave us the gift of forgiveness through the death. Notice this, through the death of Jesus. You see, our sins were put on the shoulders of Jesus, and he paid the price for the sin of all of humanity. On the cross of Calvary, God said no to Jesus so that you and I could experience forgiveness. And you see, in life, it's interesting as we're making moves in life, and especially when we do some good things, and a lot of people believe this, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm making some good moves in life, and, and you know what? I'm a good person. I, I do good deeds. I'm kind. I give to a charity. I don't like my boss, but I fake it. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, me and God are okay. No, no, no. You have to understand something. We have all sinned. We've all made mistakes. None of us, no matter the good we've done in our life, none of us can earn forgiveness. None of us can ever do enough to earn salvation. No matter the great moves we make in life, we can never earn salvation. The scripture says it like this in the book of Ephesians chapter number two and verse eight, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. Notice that because people begin to believe, well, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm a nice person. I try my best. I put forth good effort. I come to church sometimes. I try to help people. I try to be nice for, to people. I'm making all kind of moves in life. But, but the scripture says salvation is not by works so that no one can boast. The only way we can experience forgiveness is by God's grace. You see, God requires perfection. That's his standard. God says, you want to go to heaven? Be perfect. And none of us are perfect. We all fall short of God's standard. And God knew we had blown it, that we fall short. And so what God did is he loves us so much. He wants us to be forgiven. He said no to his son. And Jesus died on the cross. And can I tell you, we deserve that death. We deserved et eternal punishment. We had deserved to be separated from God. But Jesus took our place. He paid the penalty for our sin. Jesus was the only person who was ever born. And he was born from from a virgin named Mary, and he was 100% man and 100% God, and he's the only human being that's ever been born and who's lived a perfect and a sinless life. And so Jesus could take our place because he was the perfect sacrifice. And so he got on that cross, and he paid the penalty for our sins so that we could experience forgiveness. Why did God say no to Jesus? Because he loves us. He wants to forgive us. Number three, why did God say no to Jesus? Because God's plan is more important than our wants. 
And in the garden, Jesus had wants. And Jesus was calling out to his heavenly father, Father, is there any other way? Let this cup of sin, I don't want to bear the weight of the world's sin on my shoulders. Is there any other way? And Jesus had wants. He didn't want to go to that cross and die. But God said, no, no, my plan is more important than your wants. Don't miss this. We can learn something here from Jesus. Jesus submitted to God's no. He submitted to it. And the Bible says that Jesus went to the cross, and the Bible says a crown of thorns was pushed into his head, spears shoved in his side, beard plucked. He was whipped and he was beaten and he hung on that cross. He even called out to his father, why have you forsaken me? God, you have the power to get me off this cross. I could even call down angels to get myself off, but I submit to your no. And he hung and he bled for our sins. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. And Jesus shed his blood so that his blood could cover over all of our sins and mistakes. And then Jesus died on that Friday. And the Bible says they took him off the cross and they placed Jesus in a borrowed tomb. And the Son of God is now in a borrowed tomb, dead, no breath in his body, no blood running warm through his veins. But I've got news for you that's not how the story ends and Matthew says in Matthew 28 and verse number 5 the angel said to the woman do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified excruciating pain verse 6 he is not here he has risen just as he said come and see the place where he lay then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen this is what Easter is all about he has risen from the dead our Savior is alive and he's going ahead of you into Galilee there you will see him now I have told you and the only way that we can be saved is through the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ Jesus died but on the third day he got up with all power in his hands and he sits at the right hand of the Father today and he's praying for us and he's interceding for us and one day he's going to come back for his church God said no, because his plan is more important, more important than our wants. There were two men that walked into a museum, and they noticed a painting on the wall. One of the men was very intrigued by this painting. It was a painting of a chess match, and he was an international chess champion, and so he began to pause and look at this painting, and he noticed that one of the players was painted like the devil, and the other player was painted like a human. And the title of the painting said, Checkmate. 
And it bothered him. It, it bothered him. He just stood there, and he stared, and he stared. And his friend said, what's wrong with you? Why are you continuing to look at this painting? He says, listen, I'm an international chess champion, and there's just something, something off about this painting. I'm going, to, I'm going to figure it out. And he sat there, and he just studied and studied and looked at that painting, trying to figure out what was wrong. And he sat there for minutes and minutes and minutes looking at this painting. Ah, I've got it. I've got, he says, listen, listen, we've got to contact the artist who painted this picture because I'm telling you, he has to change something. Either he has to change the name of the painting or he has to change the painting itself because there's something off about this painting. And he says, listen, I'm an international chess champion. Champion, I've got this figured out. Listen, listen, you can't call that painting checkmate because I see that right there. The king has one more move. And Easter's all about Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And on that Friday, he was placed in a borrowed tomb. The devil was screaming. He was excited. I have defeated the Son of God. Early Saturday morning, the demons threw a party. Look, he's still dead. We've won. The Son of God is defeated. We have got the victory all day Saturday. The devil and demons are throwing a party. We have defeated the Son of God. But early Sunday morning... The king had one more move, and Jesus got out of that grave with all power in his hands, and he holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The king always has one more move, one more move. And there's somebody in the house that you're addicted and you're bound, and you think there's no hope for you, and I'm here to tell you the king has one more move. Pastor, I came in this place and I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to drugs. God can't help me. Oh, you're wrong, my friend. The king has one more move. Pastor, I, you don't understand. I came to this place because somebody dragged me here. I don't even want to be here, but it's Easter, so I decided to come. But I'm telling you, Pastor, if you saw what I did last summer, there's no way God could save me. But I'm telling you, the king always has one more move. One more move of grace. One more move of mercy. One more move of forgiveness. One more move of kindness. Come on, I don't care how far you are away from God. You may be miles and miles away. The king has one more move, and he's coming after you today because, listen, the devil is defeated, and Jesus died because he loves you. He wants to forgive you. The king has one more move.